0: to pray first. Lord God, we love you so much. And your love is the greatest thing that we will ever know. It will make the greatest difference in our lives, for all of our lives, Lord. And I thank you for that. And I pray today that you will satisfy the hunger in those that are in this room, Lord God. You will be their strength and their power. And I pray, oh God, that you'd sweep over us. You'd totally change us forever by the experience of your presence, by the presence of your abiding, ineluctable love. Thank you, Lord. The word love appears between 500 and 600 times in the Bible, according to whatever version you're reading. And I'm going to read out of Romans 5, verses 1 through 10. And you can read along, or you can get a Bible. We have Bibles over here. And if you do not have a Bible or would like a Bible, these are gifts. So we'd like you to take that with you. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, or hope does not disappoint. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. The word love here in the Greek means agape. That's how it's spoken, agape. It means affection that gives. It's benevolent. A love feast of charity. Isn't that cool? Charity is giving. And yet charity and love are interchangeable when you read different scriptures and passages. It, it gives continually. Jeremy preached out of these scriptures just a couple of weeks ago, and Eric dipped into them also. Uh, Wallace, in one of his expositionary uh, syntaxes, says, the love that comes from God, that, and that produces our love for God and has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Another, I, I questioned, I always thought that. The love of God has been poured out. So is it our love for God? Or God's love for us. Well, it's both. And that's, that's just the way it is. I don't think we get one. I, I can't love God without his love for me. The first time that love is used in the scriptures is in Genesis 22.2. Two, and the father is talking to Abraham and he says, Take now your son, your only one, Isaac, whom you love and go into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will name to you. And then the last time is in Revelation 12:11. And it says they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their soul unto death. Isn't that interesting that both incidences at the beginning and the end involve the giving? of a love object, the this, this son. And this was their own lives. They did not love their own lives. And in, in between all of this is the father who's willing to give his own son the object of his greatest affection. I, say this with me, everybody. John three sixteen. This is the picture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Most love magnifies the giver. It, you know, if you listen to the songs on the radio, it's all about what loving somebody does for you. But agape love adorns the object of that love. It's outward. It's totally giving with uh, no sense of having to get back. God loves us, it, but it's ineluctable. to use that word. I love that word because it's causing the object of that love to be drawn and drawn and drawn, whether you know it or not. God's love is a mystery, but his love is real and it's obtainable because it has been poured out. One commentary put it this way, and how can this hope of glory, which as believers we cherish, put us to shame when we feel God himself by his spirit given to us, drenching our hearts in sweet, all-subduing sensations of his wondrous love to us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that nice? I propose that the love of God changes us forever, and we will never be the same, like Kim Walker says in the song. We'll never be the same. I hope that. I hope that for everyone in this room, and and others also. In my own life, in, in the 70s, I think I had just done about everything wrong there was to do, and I had finally last thing, and I began to turn to God. I began to cry out to God that something would would happen. I didn't know that he was reaching out to me. I didn't know he was wooing me and drawing me. I just knew I was going to die, and I didn't want to die. I wanted to live, and I had this faint little hope. Thank you. I had this faint little hope that somewhere, somehow, there was some, some life for me in God. Didn't know where, didn't know why, didn't think I deserved it, but I had a hope. And I believe that's that seed of love that God put in me himself. I don't know when. Maybe it was when I was being formed in my mother's womb. Or even before that. The Bible says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Somewhere, God put that spark of love in me. And he knew one day I'd begin to say, God, help me. Help me. And I began to be drawn. Still, I didn't love him. I had a love for God. I didn't think he loved me. I think he tolerated me because I'm his child. I don't know where that came from, but I really didn't think he loved me. I was not terribly lovable. But I believe that the love that God has shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit produces something. It produces something in me. I'm not that same person that I was back in those days. I'm different. I do differently. I live differently. In the first verse of the scriptures that we read, uh, in the Message Bible, it says... That we have been set right with God, made fit for him. And we've been given access to his grace. That's what it says in that scripture. But that, this is what that grace says. It says, I'm giving you the ability to love, to have peace, to have joy, to be patient, to be kind, to be gentle, to be good, to have self-control, to be faithful. It's all supernatural, but it's all called the fruit of the spirit. That's what God gave me. And that's what I begin to begin to function in. I'm going to um, read to you from a book that Katrina gave this book to us uh, sometime while she was in San Diego. She found it, she was in a bookstore, found it, began to read it, and she just began to weep. She bought every copy they had, began to give it out to all her friends and saved one for us. I've tried to find some, and um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to find some, maybe on uh, Amazon.com. I, I lost my page. So I'm going to read to you from it, because it it's astounding. In 1987, an IRA bomb went off in a small town west of Belfast amid a group of Protestants who had gathered to honor the war dead on Veterans Day. Eleven people died, and 63 others were wounded. What made this act of terrorism stand out for so many others was the response of one of the wounded, Gordon Wilson, a devout Methodist who had emerged north from the Irish Republic to work as a draper. The bomb buried Wilson and his 20-year-old daughter under five feet of concrete and brick. Daddy, I love you very much were the last words Marie spoke, grasping her father's hand as they waited for the rescuers. She suffered severe spinal and brain injuries and died a few hours later in the hospital. A newspaper proclaimed, no one remembers what the politicians had to say at that time. No one who heard Gordon Wilson will ever forget what he confessed. His grave His grace towered over the miserable justifications of the bombers. Speaking from his hospital bed, Wilson said, I have lost my daughter, but I bear no grudge. Bitter talk is not going to bring Marie Wilson back to life. I shall pray tonight and every night that God will forgive them. His daughter's last words were words of love, and Gordon Wilson determined to live out on that plane of love. The world wept said one report, as Wilson gave a similar interview over BBC radio that week. After his release from the hospital, Gordon Wilson led a crusade for Protestant Catholic reconciliation. Protestant extremists who had planned to avenge that bombing decided because of the publicity surrounding Wilson that such behavior would be politically foolish. Wilson wrote a book about his daughter, spoke against violence, and constantly reprieved, repeated this refrain, Love is the bottom line. Love is the bottom line. He met with the IRA, personally forgave them for what they had done, and asked them to lay down their arms. I know that you've lost loved ones just like me, he told them. Surely enough is enough. Enough blood has been spilled. The Irish Republic ultimately made Wilson a member of the Senate. When he died in 1995, the Irish Republic, Northern Ireland... And all of Great Britain honored this ordinary Christian citizen who had gained fame for his uncommon spirit of grace and forgiveness. His spirit exposed, by contrast, the violent deeds of retaliation and his life of peacemaking came to symbolize the craving for peace within many others who would never make the headlines. To bless the people who have oppressed our spirits, emotionally deprived us, or in other ways handicapped us, is the most extraordinary work any of us will ever do. Can you discern what the love of God did in Mr. Wilson? Put your name in there. I put Dick's name in there. What if that was Katrina? Bart. What if that was Abby? Mel. Mel here. What if it was your son? Any of you, put a loved one in there, and a terrorist took their life. Love is the bottom line. That love that came from God to Gordon Wilson. Both the love of of God in him and the love of God for him produced something in him. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts, and all goodness comes from God. No good thing is done without him. In verse 2 of Romans 5, we read, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What glory Mr. Wilson brought for God? First, in his own heart. Have you ever experienced that? Done some amazing thing that you never thought you would ever do and you knew it was a good thing and a right thing? Something happens inside of your heart, and it's like, that's glory. You begin to sense the pleasure of God, and, it, and it's, it's like you don't ever want to be outside of it. That glory was in him. Then the glory was in the heart of the people of Ireland, then in the people of Britain. Now the glory is in me and in you and anyone who reads of the good thing that Mr. Wilson did when his daughter died in the hands of the terrorists. Mr. Wilson was suffering, you think? It was not an easy thing for him to do. He was suffering. Jeremy preached about the suffering that brings forth endurance. Then that brings proven character. And then hope. And as Casey says, hope that does not disappoint. God was not disappointed. Mr. Wilson wasn't disappointed. The Irish people were not disappointed. The British people were not disappointed. I'm not disappointed. Are you disappointed? You're encouraged because the love of God was poured out in the heart of this man. And that same love of God has been poured out in your hearts and in my hearts by the Holy Spirit was given to us. So, this being so, how then shall we live? It's one of my favorite scriptures because whenever you hear a teaching, whenever you read the word, we really need to say that. Now, how will I live? Now, what will I do? Now that I know this is true, it should change us. It produces something in us. I'm going to read, uh, or you can follow along, or read in your Bible, Romans 8. 31 through 39, but I'm going to read it. I I have it printed out in here in the Message Bible, which you can read along if you'd like, because I love the way the Message Bible says it. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare to tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even point a finger? Are you pointing the finger at somebody in your own heart? Is somebody pointing the finger at you? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks, they pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, nothing today or tomorrow, nothing high and nothing low, nothing thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. I want to reread a little portion of that. The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? Personalize that. Personalize that. Can anything or anyone drive a wedge between you and God's love? A young lawyer married his secretary and throughout their years of relationship continued to treat her like she was his employee. When she died after about 15 years and he was grieving and weeping, He opened her diary, and he began to read from it. One entry caught his eye, and this is what it said. Yesterday, he spent an hour with me, and it was like being in heaven. I love him so much. He turned a few more pages and read. I listened all day to hear his steps in the hallway, and now it's late. I guess he won't come to see me. The young man read a few more entries and then threw the book on the floor and ran out the door in the rain and went to his wife's grave where he wept, sobbing. If only I had known. If only I'd known how much you loved me. I think just like this young man, I think we're a little like that. We go about our lives, you know, so engrossed in our demonically captivated lives, you know, in our own agendas and schedules and these great things we're doing for God, and we're basically strangers to his presence. If I'd only known, if I had known. So, Dick, I love you. You're an amazing man. I love that you love me. I know I shared this morning some things, but there's more. I could go on. I love that you love the Lord and that you're so sold out to him and that you let me be a part of that. You include me in that, and you tell me the great things he's revealed to you. You let me go places with you. It's a great adventure, just like Barbara said. It's been a great adventure, and I know that you love me. Yesterday, you wanted to know why I was doing what I did. I did it because I love you, and I know that's your language, doing things. So thank you for your love. That was not hard, (laughs) and we all need to do that. He needed to receive that. I need to give it. We need to take time to express love some way, somehow. We need to speak it. We need to do it. We need to be it to each other because the days go by and this man's wife died and he didn't even know I want us to connect with that love from God today okay I don't want to I don't want to go on talking I don't want to go on reading I want you to experience something from God it it doesn't have to come through me there's a song that um Katrina again heard and called us, and she says, you need to listen to this. You need to listen to the song. It's called How He Loves. Now, many of us know it, that song. And if you don't, if you've never heard it, you're going to hear it today. But look it up on YouTube and listen to it in the privacy of your own home and hear about God's love for you. When I did, the day that I listened to that song, I, I was just a couple of years ago. I've been in God's love for a long time. I fell apart. I came undone that's all I can say. I'm listening to the song, and I fell on the computer, and I just began to sob, and it was like I was being baptized in his love all over again, because this song has an anointing on it. It was written by a young man whose friend, who was a youth leader, was killed in a car accident, and out of that, he wrote the song of God's love, so I encourage you to allow the Lord to love on you. It's going to take five, six, seven minutes, maybe, but we're here most of the time we come to praise him and worship him. But you know what? We've got to let him love on us. We've got to hear and know that he loves us. So partake of what God's going to give you right now, that Eric's going to minister, and we'll have a time for prayer afterwards. Thank you.
1: like a hurricane, I am a tree, bending beneath the weight of His wind and mercy. And all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by glory. Love's like a hurricane And I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of His wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how sure your affections are for our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if grace is an ocean we're all sinking so heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss and my heart turns violently inside of my chest I don't have time
0: So maybe you've never experienced The love of God Maybe you've experienced things That you thought were love But you knew the deepest part of yourself Is something more Something more is here today His name is Jesus The presence of his spirit He is He is love He is love manifest He is Love in the flesh, he's the embrace of God that designed for man to feel the arms that desire to wrap themselves around your heart today. Perhaps it's been a long time since you've felt love. Love is here today.